Hi, it's Heike, and I'm so excited you're here today because we're talking about a topic that many, especially women, dread, and that's the empty nest. I've been an empty nester for many years. My kids are 30 and th almost 30 and 33, but I remember how things gradually changed when my kids left the nest one after another. After my son left for college, I still had my daughter and not much seemed to have changed once he was gone. I missed my oldest one, but I share a story about this in today's episode. So hang on. I raised my kids as a single mom and we were a really tight-knit unit of three. A little empty nest, just the three of us. And based on my experience and a survey I took from other women over 50 that are already empty nesters, I created this episode to help you ease into your soon-to-be empty nest. And before we dive in, I'd love it if you hit subscribe on the Apple podcast, hit follow on Spotify, or click on favorites on Stitcher. So let's dive in to the five tips to thrive in your almost empty nest instead of just surviving. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength to lead a vibrant life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of women over 50 around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and sustainable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring women who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. It took a while for my nest to be empty. My kids are three and a half years apart. And so once my son went to college, I was alone with my daughter at home. So no husband or boyfriend. It was just the two of us, which was absolutely lovely. And I didn't notice as much the emptiness or the emptiness of the empty nest while she was here. And it was a wonderful time for us to bond just the girls. But of course she went to college three, three and a half years later after her brother. And I remember the time when I drove her with her dad down to Wilmington, North Carolina. So we're in Maryland in the United States and uh, we could just pack a car full of her stuff and we drove down to college because that's where she wanted to go. And it's a six, six and a half hour drive on a good day. And so we drove her down. We found her dorm room. She had somebody in her room as, you know, as the custom in the U.S. And the other mom was all busying herself, helping her daughter set up the side of the room. And I was like, do you need some help? And she's like, no, I'm good. I got it. 
And so she did her own thing and we drove back. And this is for the first time when I came home and there was nobody home. It was just me. It was crazy because I thought, hey, you know, I'm good. I don't have this empty nest syndrome. I don't like that word syndrome because it feels like you're sick. No, it's just it was empty and it was quiet. And I definitely missed them both. And, but more about this later. Putting your needs first is tough. When you, like me, have been taking care of your kids for so many years. Yeah, okay, they're 18, but oh well, it's so many years. But whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, it doesn't really matter. Because you divide the time between work, household chores, kids' activities, and I don't just think about the swim meet that we go to at 5 in the morning, but other activities like when they're home you drive them to a party or you pick them up from places because they can't drive just yet so you're very involved in their lives and you have a significant others and perhaps a few other social activities that you like to do and you somehow squeeze them in in the end there's very little time left for what you want in life i know raising our kids is amazing and we want them to be amazing human beings and it's such a fulfilling and wonderful goal in life but you know that the kids will leave at some point and have their own life this means now it's your time to take on the second half of life and create the life that you might have been dreaming of I want you to also remember how excited you were, I was, when you left home. I moved from my little teeny tiny small town of 200 people to Munich was my first big move with thousands and thousands of people. And that was super exciting because I never lived in a big city like that. But that's what I wanted. So when the kids move out with their dreams and hopes for their futures, know that they're not trying to hurt us by moving out. I want you to share how you feel about them leaving, but especially be excited for them, just as excited as you were when you left your nest. You know, as our lives change, so change our relationships and how we deal with each other. You will adapt to the emptiness just like you did when they went off to their first day in kindergarten. Oh yeah, remember that day? (laughs) I sure do. It's time now to find something for yourself instead of of focusing on that child or those children that have left the nest and that might need you. So... Let's dive into the five tips to thrive with an almost empty nest instead of just surviving. Number one is invest in yourself. Don't make your kids your life. Yes, you care for them and you take care of their bodily needs, their emotional needs, but make sure you have a life of your own. And it's super important to start planning for them leaving before they actually leave. So if you have somebody at home that's about getting ready to college 
or number two is getting ready for college, it's time for you, girl, to start digging and what it is that you want when the nest is empty. What are you going to do? How are you going to spend the extra time you have? Or perhaps you already secretly somewhere have a bucket list. Well, what I did is I started salsa dancing when they still were at home. I never thought of social dancing with somebody else. So I'm more the raver, clubber kind of woman. And, uh, but I came across salsa dancing and I thought, how fun. I could meet people still single and I get to listen to some great music. I get exercise. <laughs> oh yeah, exercise is always on my foreground. And I learned to dance salsa. And these were my weekends or the evenings where the kids were with their dad that I spent dancing, developing other relationships. And that translated later on into doing triathlons. So I somehow thought, this is great. Let's give it a try. Uh, so take some time to explore some options and keep in mind the things you never had time for. You know, you may have wanted to sign up for this exercise class you heard from your neighbor and it sounded so good, but you just couldn't fit it into your schedule with all the other extracurricular activity with the kids or a cooking class that teaches you, for instance, how to make Indian food, but never did because the kids thought it was too spicy and uh, they wouldn't eat it. You get the idea. You might consider starting a home-based business that now that you're an empty nester, you can do from anywhere in the world because you're not bound to your home anymore. And also, I want you to think of activities that might not involve your partner and what he or she likes, but something that you wanted to do. You know, recently I learned how to surf. It was not on my bucket list. It was not something that I had planned on as an empty nester, but I said, my girlfriend is 45 and she just started surfing. Why not me? I have no kids. I can do whatever I want. And so I did. It was so much fun. I want you to have some plans in place. And even with the prep and all the good thinking and positive thoughts, it's a little bit strange at first when you go out and you do something for me. Enjoy the me time and explore what it is you want to do without guilt. Do not feel guilty that you take time for yourself. Do not feel guilty that you're not checking on your kids all the time. Do not feel guilty that you don't respond to every whim that they have. And more about this later, but don't feel guilty. There is nothing to feel guilty about. You did your job as a mom. And if this is somebody who's male is listening to this as well, or a dad, you did a good job. They're on the way to college. You did the best you could with what you had. And now it's time for you. If you admire women who have a regular workout routine that fits their lifestyle, then it's time to explore what works best for you. You don't need a gym membership that you never use or a class you only drop in once in a blue moon and you could say, oh, I signed up for this class, but you never go. Find something you enjoy and you keep doing. Yeah, doing is the key word, action. And 
just you may want to check out my Fasted and Fit Club membership for women over 50 that includes exercises designed for women by a woman, namely yours truly for women over 50. We're all over 50 and we all have special needs. And I created this membership and I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to check it out because all you need is a little space, comfortable clothes, a smartphone, tablet, or laptop, and you, and of course, Wi-Fi, and you're good to go anywhere in the world. So number one, invest in yourself. Do something good for yourself. Number two is re- reconnect to who you are now. What does that mean? You may have, have identified as the soccer mom or the stay-at-home dad. And now you scratch your head on how do you fit into all of this in the world now. You're no longer soccer mom or runner mom or stay-at-home dad. Some parents experience an overwhelming sense of grief when their kids leave, and that's real. And they don't know what to do with their extra time. This grief is real. And if you can't shake it off, no matter any of the strategies you try that I'm offering you here in the podcast, get some help, get some counseling, because you don't want to get stuck in in a perpetual wheel of sadness. And others, on the other hand, are feeling depressed because they feel lonely. Or, that's for sure, we feel old. Now that we have raised our kids and think that we don't have a purpose anymore, we sit there and twiddle our thumbs thinking, oh, criminy, grandma was right. There's nothing for me on the other side of 50 or the other side of the empty nest. But there is so much more. I encourage you to instead get rid of the baggage that holds you back from moving forward. Let go of the feelings that don't serve you, like guilt is a big one. Let go of that one. That needs to go right away. And the guilt that you're not there for your kids, as I mentioned earlier, all the time. That you actually are selfish with your time and the activities you want to do. Being selfish is not a bad thing. Just like saying no is not a bad thing. Being selfish is good because you gave so much for so many years and now it's time to take something for you. Now is the time to point yourself in the direction of meaningful, full adult relationships, of fun and adventure. And some of my episodes here on the show, we've talked about how to create adventure in your day. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. So some people, on the other hand, they want you to be uh, a certain way as an empty nester. They want you to feel guilty. They want you to feel crying all the time and negative and sappy and longing. Don't let them pull you off course and start planning Now, these people have no no place, no space in your life. They got to go. Maybe make a list of all your strengths, meaning what you're good at. Whether it's knitting or gardening or any interests that that you love. Like you love tutoring people in another language or in math. That would be awesome. 
and I know I sound now so dated when I say this, but start finding your groove in the second half of life is where it's at. And number three is go beyond the parenting role. You will always be a parent, but your child needs you in a different role once they leave. They don't need to be nurtured and pampered and and all these kinds of things anymore. And it can be a relief not to be responsible for others anymore. No resentment because the house is a dumpster fire. Hey, no, we're not taking those responsibility. We're letting go of these responsibilities. Because, you know, in the end, remember who raised them to be independent? I sure did. And I know if you're here with me on the show, you're not any different. Things will be different in the relationship between the kids and you or the child and you. But it isn't a bad thing. And they end up seeing you more than just as a parent. You become somebody different. Let them make their own mistakes, and wait, hardest part ever, until they ask you for advice instead of lecturing them or giving them well-meaning advice that they didn't ask for. Okay, if you could see me raising my hand, guilty as charged, we're so well-meaning, we want to help and nurture, and we just have best things in mind, but take a step back, zip it, and wait. This creates a different kind of bond and changes the relationship to an equal exchange where both parties can learn from each other. I've learned so much from my kids since I, most of the time, step back and zip it and not just sprout out my stories or my advice. Number four is figure out how you will you stay connected with them. I didn't do that. And I was sparked by one of the women I took the survey with, or that was part of my survey. And she said, you need to figure out how you communicate. Moving out doesn't mean you'll never see them again. Well, in my case, my kids are, or have been until just, just very recently. So as a time of recording, uh, they're much closer than they've been in years. But my daughter lived in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland for three years. My son, on the other hand, with his wife, was out in San Francisco, a little closer, but still, we're somewhat in the middle of the two of them. And we did see him a lot less. Whereas my my little one, I didn't see you for two and a half years. So she came home for a little bit for a visit, but we communicated. But it's helpful to figure out now how to stay in touch and what is comfortable for everyone. That you want to call every day may not be their comfort zone. So in our day and age, we have Zoom, of course, FaceTime, WhatsApp for all the European friends and even in the U.S. And we have other social media platforms. There's no better way than now to communicate, even with little or no technical skills. So you don't need to be a master on the laptop to chat with your kids on FaceTime. And they can even help you uh, get the app going on your phone. But establish how you'll communicate and how often. And 
That's a suggestion that one of my mom's surveys suggested. She says, don't assume. Just say, hey, you know, I'll call you once a month. Or do they prefer that you text them once a week? Or you wait for them to text? Um, think about the next time you see them. And I just did this recently with my son who's going to move overseas in a few months. And he says, mom, December 30th is on your books. We want you to come and visit us. So this way, you know, when you see them, you know that something to look forward to and it's not suddenly they're gone and you're ditched. And I remember Thanksgiving is, my son always says, this is our holiday with us. And uh, he says the in-laws have Christmas. And so he makes a point every year that we get together on Thanksgiving and one year, we didn't want to go to San Francisco. They didn't want to come to Maryland. So we just went to Mexico. We explored Mexico City. There was so much fun with adult children traveling. And one mom suggested, get on Snapchat. And she says, you'll see that they are alive. Plus you see them more, a more fun side of them. And it's less invasive. And uh, I started uh, being on Facebook not because my business is there as well, but this way my mom gets to see what we're doing. Because she always said, man, I don't see what you're doing. I feel so disconnected. And so I said, all right, if we're all, and that includes the kids, are on Facebook, then she gets to see, she gets to comment, and that includes her in our life. And so it's what we do with our kids. And make peace before it happens. So you know they will leave and you know that they will live their own life. So start with the number one, two, and three, and then go for number four in how you deal with them leaving. That you know that you invest in yourself without grief and resentment. You reconnect with who you are now in relation to, the, to them and go way beyond that parenting role. I'm not saying become their best friend, but be an adult that they can look up to and don't hesitate to ask for help. And of course, and then communicate. So we have our own little story of communication that when my son had just moved out, I called and he says, can't talk right now and hung up on me. And I was so hurt. Oh my God, I can't tell you how hurt I was. And I sat there and I was in tears and I was like, he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And He's now his own life and he's just hung up on me. And so I didn't call. And then he called me and he says, hey, why didn't you call me? And I said, well, I'm interrupting on your time. And he says, mom, I got stuff going on and I would love to talk to you, but sometimes I'm busy and I can't. So if I can't, then we'll just connect, reconnect a little later. And so we've decided that what we're doing now is we text each other and say, are you busy? And then the other person can respond yes or no. And then we go from there. It has really worked well for us. So keep that in the back of your mind. And finally, number five, what do you do when they get home homesick? Well, I know so many stories about this homesickness, but they will miss home and get homesick and want to come home all the time. Well, my son, who seems to be the, the leader of this conversation here today, 
He came home every week. He was about 45 minutes away in the college and he came home the first several months wanting to do his laundry. And I said, don't they have any laundry machines there? He's like, oh yeah, we need quarters and it's really expensive. I was like, okay, I can get you quarters. Oh no, 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 I come here and you have a better detergent. He was homesick. I called it one day and I said, you know, dude, you're going to college. You just, you know, keep coming back. And he says, I was so homesick, mom. I just wanted to be home with all the good food you're making and you and it's quiet and I just loved it. But he outgrew it, whereas my daughter went to college and could not connect with anybody. She was miserable. And with this one of the, the, the tips I'm going to give you is, or strategies, encourage them to stay and ride it out. And because they need to show themselves that they can get through it. And my daughter had a really, really rough year in college the first year. She stuck it out. She did come home on occasion because she was so far away, but she had no friends. She was lonely. She was getting depressed. And I felt so terrible. I wanted to help. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to rip her out of the situation. But I didn't. I talked to her. I gave her my five cents. I hugged her. And when she was when she was done with that one year, she came home for a year and regrouped. So have them go through tough times too. Because when they're home, they will miss their friends at school. And that's normal. And you don't have to feel guilty when they're home and they say, God, I wish I would be back at school. So there's another flip side to this and so many ways to look at it. And everybody, everybody is so different that we have to take into account the personalities of yourself, your children, the relationship you have, but honor where this conversation is going today is to take care of yourself. One woman said, before my son moved out, I took him driving best time to talk because nobody looks at each other. I let him know that life is not always easy. If he ever, if he ever had any needs about anything, if he needed anything, he should let me know. So when he left, I put together some items that he might not be thinking of taking for his new home as in college or wherever they're going. I thought this was such a wise suggestion or a comment. Now, when you think about how you're turning around your almost emptiness, you don't have to become a completely new person overnight, but start taking baby steps so that you can move forward in life just like they do. Enjoy the freedom you have and the privacy of running around your house naked or in undies. Turn up the TV or music any time of the day without knowing somebody rolls their eyes or goes, Mom, can you turn this off? This is awful. Enjoy not having to clean the house that often. Mm -hmm. You have a lower water and electricity bill and you can have sex whenever and wherever you want. No more closed doors or special time for intimacy. There's advantages of being an empty nester and you're almost there. And final words are, soak it all in, savor it. 
and know that even when you're alone, the memories are seared into your heart and you will make new memories after they leave memories with them and without them. That's it for it today, my friends. I hope this episode helped the almost empty nester to get ready and start planning what to do when the nest is actually empty. If you have any questions, comments, reach out to me on Instagram at Heike Yates. On Facebook, you find me at Heike Yates. Pursue your spark and on all other social media as well under Heike Yates. And I am so excited that you're joining me here every week for all kinds of things for the women over 50 that may already or almost be an empty nester. And I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.